Welcome to Doing CX Right, a podcast where we discuss how to differentiate brands by doing customer experience right. I'm your host, Stacey Sherman, an author, award-winning keynote speaker, and mentor passionate to help you humanize business and improve experiences to achieve real results. Out of adversity comes opportunity. It's only when things break down as completely as they are currently that new models and ways of doing things are enabled to emerge that never could have previously, even in the world of customer experience. Today, I'm bringing you Cynthia Gallup, who is a business innovator known for radical breakthroughs and real innovation. As she says, she likes to blow shit up and is the Michael Bay of business. She started a business called Make Love Not Porn. And no, this is not about sex best practices. However, she brings up very important points about creating what does not exist and reinventing the future for better experiences based on her business that she built. She shares great success tactics. Some are extreme. And that's what I like about Cindy. She's different and will make you see and do things differently. Please share this episode with others who can benefit. Subscribe to Doing CX Right on your favorite podcast channel and contact me for supporting you in Doing CX Right. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, Cindy Gallup. Welcome to the Doing CX Right show. Thank you, Stacey. Thrilled to be here. Oh, this is a gift indeed. And my audience will know soon why. Please tell. Who are you? What do you do professionally? Sure. Um, So I'm the founder and CEO of Make Love Not Porn. We are pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. Why? Why are you so passionate about this? So um, I have a business that is a total accident because I did not consciously intentionally set out to do anything. I very strangely find myself doing now. It came about um, through my direct personal experience dating younger men. The men I date tend to be in their 20s. And realizing 15, 16 years ago now that when we don't talk openly and honestly about sex in the real world, porn becomes sex education by default in not a good way. As an action-oriented person, I decided something about this. And so 14 years ago, I put up on no money a tiny clunky website at makelovenotporn.com that in its original iteration was just copy. The construct was porn world versus real world. Here's what happens in the porn world. Here's what really happens in the real world. I launched Make Love Not Porn at the TED conference in 2009. My talk went viral and it drove an extraordinary global response to my tiny website that I had never anticipated. Thousands of people wrote to me from every single country in the world, young and old, men and female, straight and gay, pouring their hearts out. And I realized I'd uncovered a huge global social issue. And so I felt I had a responsibility to take Make Love Not Porn forwards in a way that would make it much more far-reaching, helpful, and effective. And also, um, I believe the future business is doing good and making money simultaneously. So I turned Make Love Not Porn into a business that does that. Today, we are the world's first and only user-generated, 100% human-curated social sex video sharing platform. So the kind of what Facebook would be if it allowed you to socially, sexually self-express, which it doesn't, the way to think about us is 
If porn is the Hollywood blockbuster movie, Make Love Not Porn is the badly needed documentary. We are a unique window onto the funny, messy, loving, wonderful sex we all have in the real world. We are socializing and normalizing sex, bringing it out of the shadows into the sunlight to promote consent, communication, good sexual values, and good sexual behavior. And so we're literally sex education through real-world demonstration. Hmm. What is one fun fact that people might not know about you? Um, possibly the fact that I was a voracious reader when I was a child. And so I trained myself. I don't know how to speed read. So I read at the speed of light. I scan and I take in all the information. And that was very useful at university and has been very useful ever since. I like that. So you are known to, quote, blow things up. Explain that. So alongside Make Love Not Porn, I work as a consultant and a paid public speaker to support myself. And many years ago, I was talking to um, a bunch of potential consultancy clients about my approach. And I explained to them that I consult very selectively, only for clients and brands who want to change the game in their particular sector. So you come to me for radical, innovative, groundbreaking, transformative, I don't do status quo. And lightheartedly off the cuff, I said, I like to blow shit up. I'm the Michael Bay of business. And everyone laughed and I left the room and I thought, actually, that's a really good way of talking about what I do. So that is my LinkedIn bio, Twitter bio, my tagline across all my socials. But the reason I use that line is not as a bit of whimsy or creativity or fun. I use that line entirely deliberately. Because when I characterize what I do in that way, it attracts me the people who want what I do. It repels the ones who don't. And I want to repel the ones who don't because they're a waste of time, effort, and money. So I recommend to everybody that you think the same way. Be your own filter. You know, put yourself out there very distinctively, and you will absolutely attract your tribe to you, and you will keep away the people who don't get it. That was very powerful what you said. Let's talk about how this relates to business and brands. I believe that we're at a time right now for reinvention. I believe that companies actually need to blow things up and revive. We're in a new world with emerging technology and different mental mindsets post-COVID and the economy, and, and, and. So starting with, what does customer experience mean to you in any industry? Well, you know, my, my background, Stacey, is 38 years working in brand building, marketing, advertising. And customer experience is crucial. And so um, I designed... Um, customer experience through the female lens into my own business. And mm. what I mean by that is the young white male founders of the giant tech platforms that dominate our lives today, they are not the primary targets online or offline of harassment, abuse, sexual assault, racism, violence, rape, revenge porn. 
Therefore, they did not and they do not proactively design for the prevention of, of any of those things on their platforms. And we see the results around us every single day. Those of us who are most at risk every single day, women, black people, people of color, LGBTQ, the disabled, we design safe spaces and safe experiences. I and my tiny team spent literally years concepting and designing Make Love Not Porn before we ever built it, because we knew that if we were going to invite people to do something they've never done before, socially share their real world sex, we had to think through every possible ramification of that to create a completely safe and trustworthy space. And as a result, not only does Make Love Not Porn operate unlike anybody else in the adult sphere, we operate unlike anybody else on the internet, period. And that's because I designed Make Love Not Porn around what everyone else should have, but nobody else did, human curation. I designed Make Love Not Porn to be the safest place on the internet because there is no self-publishing of anything. Our curators watch every single video submitted from beginning to end before we approve or reject and we publish. No one else does that. We review every post on every member profile, photos, text, illustration, before we approve or reject it and we publish it. Nobody else does that. We review every comment on every video before we approve or reject and publish it. No one else does that. We can vouch for every single piece of con content on our platform in a way that nobody else can. And that is why Make Love Not Porn is the safest place on the internet. And that is why we've built an amazing community of both members and contributors, and we call Make Love Not Porn Stars, because we designed our customer experience around enormous respect for our community. And the reason I make that point is because to the young white male founders who designed, you know, big tech, their community is not deserving of respect to them because they see community as statistics, numbers, and dollar signs. And so for me, customer experience starts with respect for the customer. And unfortunately, there are all too many people out there who do not have that. So it sounds like you're talking, you said two key words, respect for the customer and really building trust, correct? Absolutely. Um, trust is fundamental. Um, it's the single most important thing for any brand, and by the way, for any workplace as well. So someone who wants to create something that doesn't exist and reinvent the future for better experiences, what's your advice to them as you've done it? Oh, um, oh so, um, so, so my advice is simply, my favorite quote of all time is Alan Kay, who said, in order to predict the future, you have to invent it. And so, you know, I encourage everyone to do what I did myself. Um, I built what I wanted to exist in the future because I want to change the world through sex for the better. And so always decide what you want the future to be and then design for that. And I say that because too many people think the future is something that happens without us, rolls us over in its wake. And I'm all about decide what you want the future to be and then make it happen. Mm. When you talk about sex as an industry, building trust, building that open dialogue and communication, 
How does that affect the workplace? In other words, people don't talk about that at work. They don't even really talk about their own gender orientation. They don't talk about personal things. Are you saying to have the conversations? Are you saying that's part of reinventing a brand? So um, many years ago, I wrote an article for The Telegraph in the UK um, titled Why Sex Belongs in the Office. And what I mean by that is, so um, I designed Make Love Not Porn around my own beliefs and philosophies, one of which is, is that everything in life starts with you and your values. So I regularly ask people this question, what are your sexual values? And no one can ever answer me because we're not taught to think like that. Our parents bring us up to have good manners, a work ethic, sense of responsibility, accountability. Nobody ever brings us up to behave well in bed, but they should. Because in bed, values like empathy, sensitivity, generosity, kindness, honesty, trust, respect are as important as those values are in every other area of our lives where we're actively taught to exercise them. And so what I say to corporate leaders is, it is incredibly important that you talk about sexual values within your company culture and your workplace as much as you talk about every other corporate value in your company culture and your workplace. Because it is only when you make it crystal clear that in your company, you expect everybody to operate good sexual values, that is when you end sexual harassment. You make it very clear exactly what values your company holds, including good sexual values. You make it clear that is the behavior expected of all of your employees, and that is how you ensure a zero-tolerance environment for sexual harassment. Hmm. Which then correlates to customers. I'm drawing the line here. Because when your employees feel valued and they can be themselves, they show up better for customers. Well, it's especially... Do you see better. that link? Um, yes, because the single biggest business issue facing every industry today is sexual harassment. And... The reason I say that is because, you know, a lot of people would tell you that the single biggest business issue facing every industry today is the lack of diversity and inclusion. Actually, mm. it's not. The biggest issue is sexual harassment because sexual harassment manages women out of industries. Sexual harassment destroys women's ambitions, derails women's careers, crushes women's dreams. And so sexual harassment manages out of leadership and keeps out of leadership the female leaders who would make diversity and inclusion happen. And the female mm. leaders have a very different perspective on how you respect, design for, protect, look after, and serve your customers. So yes, there's a direct correlation to customer experience because customer experience is not benefiting from 50% of the lens, the perspectives, the innovation, the creativity, and the disruption that 50% of the population could be providing. Hmm. Why do you feel 
that till now, and it's not perfect in any means, why is it such a taboo topic? Why is the workplace so guarded about anything personal? And I'm not saying we sit here and have conversations about our bedroom with our colleagues. However, you're challenging that. Um, so, you know, to be honest, Stacey, I find, you, I find your question ironic because as every working woman knows, that may be the impression given, but every day there are men all around them saying highly inappropriate personal things. So sadly, mm. it's not that anything personal is forbidden in the office because there are men crossing that line every single day to extremely egregious lengths. It's much more about we would have a very different business and workplace culture if we had 50-50 gender equal leadership at the top, redesigning and reinventing workplace culture mm. and environments. You're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I'm partially blocked from either seeing it or allowing myself to see it and feel it because it's so sad <laughs> and it's so painful and there's so many people suffering from it. So I'm glad you're bringing it up because that's how change happens. Yeah. Are there stories in your time frame since you built this business that have, is there something that really moved you to make you care about this and want to drive that change, either personally or, or a story? And what might that be? Um, honestly, um, I have to tell you, Stacey, I get stories every day. For 14 years since I launched Make Love Not Porn, I have had an avalanche of emails every single day from all around the world, from people telling me and Make Love Not Porn how we change their lives. For 14 years, I have seen up close the enormous human misery and unhappiness caused by the guilt, shame, and embarrassment that we imbue sex with. So many stories, I cannot tell you just one. So um, that is absolutely what keeps me going. You know, because I and my mm. tiny team fight an enormous battle every single day to build this business and keep it alive. Essentially because every piece of business infrastructure, any other tech startup gets to take for granted, we can't, the small print always says no adult content. And that is all pervasive across every single area of the business in ways that people outside the sphere don't realize. You know, can't get funded, can't get banked, can't put payments in place, can't work with tech services, can't advertise. And so I'm regularly asked, you know, Cindy, what keeps you going through all of these battles? And, you know, two things keep me going. Firstly, what we're talking about now, which is every single day our community tells us how we change their lives for the better. So that keeps me going. And then the other thing that keeps me going is the single dynamic that most ensures that I will keep going no matter what is the one I characterize as, and, you know, you can bleep this out if you want on your show, I'm going to fucking well show you. You tell me it can't be done, I'm going to fucking well show you. 
You put an ulcer on a path, I'm going to fucking well show you. I have to take all of that daily demoralization, difficulty and depression, and channel it into motivation and inspiration to keep myself going because I'm going to fucking well show you. Mm. What comes to mind, bringing it back to business, is leadership. Leaders have to be passionate about their people, about well-being, and stop the status quo. So that's what I think you're saying and showing and doing no matter where you are, right? Because leaders have to lead and leaders can't keep doing the same thing over and over, especially with what you're describing as women being mentally or physically abused. And I'm sure that there are men who could maybe say the same in some different respect. But in general, as human beings, we need to, we need to speak up culture and we need to be honest and transparent and respectful and generate trust from what you said in the beginning. And so, Stacey, that is why I exhort every woman to start your own industry. And what I mean when I say that is start your own business, but I deliberately articulate it in that way because when you start your own business, you can design that business to work exactly the way you want it to. You can design in the culture that you want to work in. You can design in the work-life balance that you want. And when you do that, you are starting the industry we all want to live and work in. And I exhort women to do this because, you know, I can tell you quite frankly, it is impossible to make change happen within the corporate system. The only way to make change happen is to start your own industry outside the corporate system and prove that it can work so well and make so much money that the male leaders of the corporate system go bloody hell, we should all operate like that. Mm. You know, the light bulb just went off my head thinking about the link to what you're doing and what I'm doing to improve the world. And it's actually not that far different because it's really creating better experiences for us as humans. And yours is segmented to a particular topic, but that's really what this is about. It's experiences. Um, absolutely, Stacey. Uh, although, you know, I would just say that, you know, so, you know, it's because we're so messed up as a society about sex that we've defaulted it to an act, to a thing we do. It's not, it's personality. Who we are sexually informs everything about how we feel about ourselves, other people, our relationships, our lives, our happiness. And so, you know, um, I've been saying for years that when I can scale Make Love Not Porn, I'm, I'm looking to raise a serious round of funding right now to scale Make Love Not Porn to be the Facebook of social sex globally, which is the scale I want to operate on. When I achieve that, one of the side benefits will be that we will see productivity shoot up in offices all around the world. Because that's the impact. Comfort with oneself as a sexual being, feeling fulfilled sexually, can have on every other part of your life. Wow, you're definitely going to shift minds from those that listen to this. I love that. I love your different perspective and 
you are clearly blowing things up, <laughs> as you say. Well, as we're getting close to the end, couple last rapid fire questions here. So leadership, what is the best advice you've been given or that you've given others around really leading with excellence? I've been asked many times over the years for my definition of leadership, and it's very simple. A leader puts their people ahead of themselves. Hmm. It's that simple. Yep. Yeah. And we overcomplicate it. Well, uh, no. Um, if, <laughs> if, if we're a white man, we don't do it. Hmm. <sighs> what about your one key takeaway? You want people to remember from this from what you do, from what you're passionate about, from this episode, what's that one takeaway? Honestly, um, you know, it would be, um, so, you know, I mentioned earlier that Make Love Not Porn was an accident. What is no accident is my background of 38 years working in advertising. I've spent 38 years working in the business of communication. I know, therefore, that everything great in life and business is born out of great communication. Sex is no different. Great sex is born out of great communication. And so I would just say, you know, communication is the key to everything, including having great sex. Communicate, communicate, communicate. There is no such thing as over-communication. Well, that is extremely relatable in the business world because... A lot of that doesn't happen. There are definitely silos that hurt the organizational culture and structure and camaraderie and customer experiences. So yes, communication in all areas of our lives have tremendous impact. And I, uh, I echo that. Fun question. If you could go back in time to your 20-year-old self, based on what you know now that you didn't know then, what would you tell younger Cindy? That's a really easy one. Start working for yourself as quickly as possible. You know, um, I mean, I'm asked if I have any regrets in my career, and I really don't. But the one thing I wish is that I'd started working for myself a damn sight sooner. Hmm. Why didn't you? Oh, because I'm 63. You know, um, I'm of the generation where, you know, we were told what you do is you go to university, you get a good degree, get a good job. I mean, you know, when I was in my teens and 20s, entrepreneurship was absolutely not a thing. And I wish to God it had been. That's a great response. And I also want to say before the show, I loved how you... We were talking about our birthdays. Yours was recently. And you were forthright in saying, say your age, your hashtag, your say your age. And that's so beautiful because there really there is ageism in the world and bias. And yet you're again transforming that thinking. And well, my, my philosophy on that, Stacey, is um you know, people often think they're countering ageism when they go, age is, age is just a number. I completely disagree. Um, I think the opposite of that. Your age is a very special number because your age mm-hmm. is the sum total of you. Your age represents all of your experience, all of your learning, all of your expertise. 
you know, your age is a wonderful number, an enormously valuable number, and it's a number that should be talked about as much as possible. And so that's why I encourage everyone to say your age. Oh, I'm going to share that quote everywhere. And it's just part of what you are talking about is show up, be truthful, be transparent, communicate, and do things differently. Thank you. Thank you for speaking up. Thank you for helping people, especially women, be able to speak up and get comfortable in their skin. And there's so much to that that benefits in the workplace and out. So again, thank you. It's a pleasure. And I will just say to our listeners, you can find me and Make Love Not Porn on Twitter and Instagram at Cindy Gallup at Make Love Not Porn. If you like what I've said, please do support me by going to makelovenotporn.tv, signing up and subscribing. You can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn. And I recently started a Substack, Dear Cindy, where you can ask me anything. So check that out and sign up for that as well. I will add that to the show notes. So we'll make sure that gets captured and shared. Thank Perfect. you again. Thank you so much for joining today. I hope you will apply the lesson shared and also requesting if you would leave a review on Apple, it would mean a lot. Head over to doingcxright.com to learn more ways to connect with me and improve your CX. Until next time, I'm Stacey Sherman, Doing CX Right.